0: G'day everyone and welcome to another edition of the Weekend Wrap brought to you by Crowcast, of course. Another disappointing loss for the Crows uh, and plenty to talk about. So let's crack straight into it, shall we? G'day, 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 and welcome again to the Weekend Wrap, brought to you by Crowcast, of course. Um, and uh, yeah, pretty average day out on Mother's Day for the Crows again this week. Gets Carlton, going down pretty hard, and joining us uh, for our weekly uh, wrap-up is Mac. How are you going, Mac? I'll take off from you, Mac, because I'd actually really like hey,
1: to d- hear what you got to say. How are you going, hey, mate? mate? Oh, I'm doing well. Who, who was that? Who was he? I thought I heard another voice. said. no, you didn't. Okay, I didn't. Maybe, I maybe understand.
0: in your head. No, I don't know. But
1: uh, <laughs> I, I think I'm getting a bit of an echo back somehow. Oh,
0: yeah? um, yeah, You've probably got your speakers up too loud because everything's going alright
1: here. Yeah, I'll just turn it down a bit then. Okay, did so you hear another?
0: Yeah, I can. I got you, mate. How's your Mother's Day?
1: Well, it was good. We the whole tribe uh, they came here today and uh, sort of ruined watching the Melbourne make <laughs> kill again. game. But uh, I managed to uh, have a you know, glimpse here and there of that. But uh, no, I did. Look, The family was good, they, and I love the young lads. And, and uh, yeah, they think their grand you know, their grandfather's a bit of a lad, so they you know. We
0: have fun. Yes, uh, Nikki might be along later. She had some Mother's Day commitments as well. Um, Look, thanks to everyone who's joined us on YouTube and on Discord. Uh, Don't forget, if you're on Discord, um, there should be plenty of commentary tonight. So if you do want to have your say, uh, feel free, please, to put your hand up and we'll get you on. Uh, Already a good crowd starting to build in the live studio audience. Maka. Um, so before we get into the game, let's just do our usual roundup shall we of the weekend's results? Why don't we do that Why don't we do that mate all right uh first of all we had on Friday night we had the power um coming up against the bulldogs and they were successful twelve fourteen eighty six by seventeen points over the western bulldogs ten nine sixty nine
1: well, at least it was a game worthy of watching on a Friday night, which made a big change from the week before. Um, no, it was a pretty good game all round. Um, I thought Port played much better, but yeah, you can only play, play as well as the opposition let you. And uh, I think the Bulldogs, uh, although they led by four points at uh, half time, after half time, I thought that Port uh, much too strong for the Bulldogs. And, and, and they were weakened by the fact that uh, they had three injuries as well. But uh, um, the Bulldogs this year aren't the Bulldogs of last year. And uh, they had, the, the, whether it was Arrogance resting Bolton fairly or whether he actually had an injuries and they were just sort of uh, looking after him, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, look, apart from uh, McRae and Smith doing hard work in the centre and Norton up for, they didn't have much else, I didn't think. Whereas, on the other hand... Uh, Spoken and uh, he, he dominated in the midfield and uh, uh for a change they had a couple up uh, up forward taking marks and kicking goals so um hard to judge out of the game whether have improved a lot and uh, but one thing for certain, I think the bulldogs have gone backwards a bit team
0: yeah uh, uh, attitude i think um I mean they've got a little bit of a personnel problem um but attitude I think is the thing for um the Western Bulldogs at the moment, mate, it seems to me that, um, look, whether they've got ahead of themselves a little bit or what, I'm not quite sure, but um, yeah, anyway, um, not the end of the world, I don't really care, Uh, next one, uh, Frio, really uh, destroying North Melbourne, 15-12-102 by 78 points, North Melbourne, 3-6-24, a pretty forgettable sort of match,
1: yeah, look, look, it's a slaughter. Uh, Contrast of two teams, one on the way up and uh, the other one bouncing along on the bottom. Um, I mean, interesting comparison being that North have only won five of their last 30 games, mm. whereas 3 won seven of their last eight. So uh, it tells you what the comparative strength of the two teams it does um, indeed. Uh, Brayshaw has developed nicely into their main mid, which is. Uh, it, they don't really need that five to come back. He might upset their rotations, etc. Because Brody, who they pitched from the Gold Coast, for nothing. Uh, he played quite outstandingly as well. Darcy and Ruck, O'Driscoll. I could go on and on. They, they had lots of good players, but as were North Melbourne, uh, not much there. Taron Thomas, a couple of others. Horn Francis tried hard, but no. It was a, it was about massacre,
0: disaster. Yeah. All right, the next one, uh, Richmond, 17-11, Far too strong for Collingwood, 12-14, 86. 27 points in the end to the tags, Sort of just sort of getting a little bit of mojo back.
1: Yeah, that's you got to a lead nine goals in the last quarter, playing before Collingwood got four goals uh, right near the yeah. end to make it look a lot closer than it really was. Um, I thought Darcy Moore got an absolute spanking by uh, Lynch and... Uh, He's very, well supported by Rewalt and Martin. Yeah. Uh, they, they had a little bit of arrogance. they put Short into the middle. He's been an outstanding defender, but he's also an outstanding midfielder. So uh, they are building up a little bit of momentum, Richland. there's no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, One of the teams uh, that you uh, said yeah.
0: couldn't, couldn't, win, a, couldn't win the flag, mate?
1: No, I don't think they could win a flag, but they can actually... Mate, they might even sneak into the finals. Um, but, but <laughs> but of they, course they're but they sneak they into the finals, Jesus. build it. Be, be fun, of course they're
0: going to make the finals, God,
1: yeah, well, I' make the finals, but I don't think they'll go I don't think they'll win it uh for the pies well, Chris was absolutely outstanding um and uh he helped along by Adams and young Dacos but um yeah, I think Collingwood they've they've got a long way to go before they're going to go and get anywhere and As you said, uh, I forgot to mention Bolton. I'd love to have a uh, player like Bolton on our side. The speed and the way he changes the game. Yeah, exactly what
0: we need, mate. (laughs) Never mind. Uh, Next one. Uh, The Suns having their obligatory just when you thought they were shit win. Uh, 10-15-75, 14-point winners over Sydney, 8-13-61. Pretty solid win by the Suns.
1: Didn't see all of it. They only just saw the last quarter and they started off, uh, I think it was exactly Eagle at uh, three-quarter time. And uh, you would expect Sydney to go on with it. They didn't. Uh, Gold Coast, uh, they really dug in and they worked hard and they outscored them 2-2 two, two to two points in the last quarter. Um, yeah. Rankin finally showed a little bit of form up forward and the got a bit of a knee injury, which they say was a queak of an existing injury. But... Uh, no, full, full credit to the Suns, as you say. They have the obligatory win here and there when, that, when you don't expect it.
0: Yeah, the, the key with the Suns is to try and catch them with your tips. Catch the one that they... Because you know they're going to bob up every now and again. Uh, you just got to try and catch it. Um, I didn't.
1: Um, no, always fall, always fall through the sieve for me.
0: Yeah. Uh, the Giants falling back down to earth against the Cats and... Uh, you know, back to system situation normal for the Giants after giving us a belting. Uh, the Cats, 12-16, 88, 53 points over um, the Giants
1: for 11-35. I looked at the game before, the, uh, before it started, and I thought, like, gee, Jabez could win this. You've got yeah, Prince and I Ruck, pi- with, win in the them. Ruck. They've got Green come back to center forward. Uh, they've got a mighty good uh, midfield. Well, that's on paper. they played actually played the game, and then uh, John was just far too good. And they really need a change of coach. Their game plan is just absolute, utter shite. Uh, they play ring-a-ring-a-rogy with the ball. Uh, they don't necessarily play directly. And they just waste the ball. And uh, on the other hand, um, uh, Geelong, they had really had targets up forward. Cameron got five goals. Stengel got three. Um, uh, to me, they, GWS they definitely need a new coach because this coach is taking them nowhere.
0: I don't think so. And it's interesting, you know, they gave us a spanking to the Giants um, at largely due to overpowering us in the midfield and you can just tell when they come up against a mature big-bodied midfield uh, they're found wanting. Um, you know, and the same happened to us today with Carlton, another big-bodied midfield, and touched us up. So uh, that's a bit of an indication of where our issues really lie, but we'll get to that. Um, Essendon having a good win, 16 12 27 points over Hawthorne, 11-15-81. Probably the first disappointing match that Hawthorne have had under Mitchell, I reckon.
1: Yeah, I don't know about you. I, when Essendon start to play good footy, it's actually quite an exciting. Thing. Um I'm They're not necessarily a lover, but they do play an exciting brand of footy when they get going. Yeah. Um, they, were, they had like five late changes due to illness for a start, but uh, uh, but Hawks always looked comfortable and they looked like they were going to win the game, but. Uh, in the last quarter, Essendon just jumped out of the ground and kicked eight goals to one and to win by four and a half goals. And uh, full credit to them. Uh, Two-metre Peter, he, he played the game of his life with uh, six goals up for, at full forward. Yep. I love that Martin who they picked in the pre-season draft out of nowhere. Yep. Um, yep. Uh, very talented lad. He used the ball beautifully and, uh, along with Merritt and Parrish. And for the Hawks, Newcomb, who was again another one plucked out of the... Uh, VFL, uh, yeah, Tom, but Tom Mitchell. I was just going to mention him. He's just a, 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 he's just a fading shadow of himself. Oh yeah,
0: well he was always a Matt Crouch. He was a, an accumulator. Um, yeah, accumulator.
1: Not necessarily that, that he doesn't didn't dam, uh, damage you. The other one I want to mention too is just watching uh, Sicily. I think Sicily worries more about his dream team score than the and what's good for Hawthorne. keeps calling for the balls in the dead pockets all the time so he can get three for the mark and three for the kick, I reckon.
0: I reckon last week you called him as as being a a, a positive for Hawthorne, so uh
1: anyway. He was um, he was but uh he had a good game. But uh he does have this habit of uh, either having the kick off to get the three points or going in the pocket to get three and three and uh, yeah. sometimes there are Good options up for which aren't used.
0: Um, what do you think of uh, McGrath? Um,
1: he, I don't think he tried very hard. He's not necessarily the best finisher of the ball. Because
0: um, you would have been listening to uh, the podcast on Tuesday night, I'm sure, uh, where we dropped uh, the rumour that um, the Crows
1: are heavily into him. Well, he can get the ball. There's no question about that. He can get the ball. Um Sometimes he uses it well, but he uh, but sometimes he wastes it as well. Um, but he's tough. He's hard.
0: Hmm.
1: Anyway, we'll move on. Uh, the
0: next game: Brisbane uh, predictably destroying West Coast, 69-105 75 points over West Coast four six thirty. What a shell of a bloody side they are at the moment, West Coast.
1: Not much better than a waffle side, and. Uh, you know, they they only play in witches' hats. Uh yeah. Locky Neil, pluggage, Zorko, they all played well. McGovern and Hearn for West Coast, nothing more to say.
0: No. And uh this afternoon, uh, before our game, the uh, Melbourne doing what they needed to do over St Kilda, uh 14, 9, 38 points over St Kilda, eight seven fifty
1: five. Yeah, look, I think you summed it up very well right in that comment that you made. They did what they needed to do with the game. If the Saints ever got close, they just put their foot down on the pedal just a little bit harder. Yeah. Drove more like more like I, more like I do. Um, the Saints, uh, yeah, they, they, they're, they're pretty good, but they, Melbourne's in another league again. And
0: uh, I, My impression of the, the Saints, thing, Mac, is that sorry. I just think they're workman-like. I think they're, they're a workman-like team. They'll, they'll get you some wins, but they just lack any sort of class.
1: I agree with your comment. Apart from uh, still was a reasonably cut-classy player, uh, but they, he was reduced a bit today. They, did, they kept uh, quite a pretty tight clamp on him. Um, and just to back up your point, you take Oliver. He would be possibly the best blue-collar uh, midfielder in the competition. Uh, the way he works at the stoppages and around the ground is outstanding. And then they've got a um, a white-collar worker in Petrarca who, who just does all the classy stuff. Uh, Langdon on a wing, I think he had 37 or something positions on a wing, and, and he was outstanding. Ratio had 30 on the, uh, They've got players all around the ground. I could mention, V uh, me that uh, uh, Gorn was actually, I beat thought, beaten in Ruck for the first time this year with the... Uh, Marshall-Ryder combination, but uh, that's as far as that went, because uh, I still think you know, Gordon
0: a good stuff around the ground. riders, riders a good ruck still, and I thought he did a right. but uh, anyway. that was what no,
1: uh, uh, Gordon had his colours loads, don't. You know?
0: I don't know, I didn't probably watch enough of it, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, so let's have a look at the ladder real quick, um, and the completion of round 8 sees Melbourne on top with 32 points. Rio and Brisbane behind them on slightly better percentage on 28 points. Carlton alone on 24 points. Geelong, Sydney and St. Kilda on 20 points. Richmond into the 8 on 16. Collingwood just outside on 16. On 12 points, Bulldogs, Port, Hawthorne, Gold Coast and Adelaide. On 8 points, GWS and Essendon. And bringing up the tail, North Melbourne and West Coast Eagles. So... Um, yeah, let's, uh, get straight into our game, shall we? <laughs> Don't forget, if you are listening on, uh, uh, through Discord and you're in the live studio audience, feel free at any stage to, uh, put your hand up and have your say, uh, because it was a pretty shit performance by Adelaide's Carlton 17, 14, 116. Adelaide 10, 8, 68, a margin in the end, which flattered us somewhat, 48 points. Because uh, the game was really over at three-quarter time.
1: Yep. Well, overall, I, I thought it was... We were, we were disgraceful. There was not enough desperation. Um, that would say we didn't seem to have the ability to read the play or perhaps we're too lazy to care to run to the next next spot. I don't know. Riley O'Brien, absolutely hopeless in the ruck. If he ever got the lock, it went straight to them. Um it, the Mumford type of ruckman's gone, and he's he, he's that type of ruckman. And uh, no, look, he—it's he, unfair, probably, just to single him out because he had plenty of rotten players around him as well. But no, 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 overall, I think it's
0: completely I... fair to completely fair to single Riley O'Brien out because he was—he yep. had an absolute shocker. And when you get mus out muscled by Silvani at a boundary throw-in and get and fall to the ground. Because of a bloke that's, you know, ten centimetres shorter than you and about ten or well, twenty kegs lighter than you, you got you gotta really think about what you're doing.
1: I mean oh, he did the Ruckman he was at with Dick Conning uh and Silvani and any decent Rapman would have torn them to pieces, but no. Nah, he his performance today was terrible and yeah. Look, he had a few mates in there in different areas of the ground. Um I just thought that uh, if that's the style of play we're gonna bring, we're gonna go very close to being in the bottom two or three teams because we the one thing that was really, really missing was the in, in, intensity thing. We didn't have uh, after intensity. half
0: time. After half time. I thought the intensity was there in the first half, but after half time I felt like um when they got the first couple of scores after
1: half time we just fell right away, I thought. Yeah, look. I, I will say this much: that I thought we started reasonably well, and I thought you with you. Somebody had said to me, "The umpire's been paid a few bucks to give uh, Carlton a few freebies in front of goals to get them going." Uh, you wouldn't, be, you wouldn't be surprised at it because I reckon three of their goals there, there wasn't even a free kick there, and uh, no, I, and that, and I'm, that our blokes they hung their heads and, uh, and slowly it declined slowly from there. That's right. Um, yeah, one
0: thing that one thing that I noticed it's we brought it, and we'll talk about specifics in a minute. But there was one thing that really stood out to me that showed that we still don't have coaches that are that are implementing uh, winning setups and game plans in the midfield. So we, right. we had we had Haitley on Crips right we wanted Haitley to go with Crips not a bad not a bad idea um, Hately, uh, be a good learning opportunity for Haitley. there like you know Haitley's probably body size in terms of his height et cetera is probably the best match up for Crips but then Crips was setting up right in riley O'Brien's hit zone, so Riley O'Brien mm-hmm. had hit it would hit into that normal zone where he just sort of taps it over his shoulder. And that's right in Cripps' wheelhouse. And because Jackson is actually trying to tag Cripps, we're actually playing right into Cripps's hands because we're putting it right in his bloody bread basket. Why would Riley O'Brien be hitting there when the guy that is going to get there is the guy that's supposed to be tagging their best midfielder? It has absolutely blew my mind on... Like, why would you do that, that? It's just, it doesn't make any sense. O'Brien needed well, to be coming from a different angle and hitting away from Cripps, hitting towards our attacking mids, Berry and Laird, et cetera, and keeping it as far away from Cripps as possible. But continually, O'Brien kept putting it in that little hit zone behind himself, and Cripps was just cleaning up.
1: 100% right. I mean, O'Brien would probably be even better off just... To... When he gets a tap, to hit it straight down into his feet to turn into a scramble, because this is what we've got, scramblers. We don't have uh, dashes from the midfield. Whereas what you're saying was quite right. What O'Brien was doing was he'd hit the ball forward exactly to where Cripps was. Yeah. Exactly where Cripps was. Yeah. I mean, Cripps could either have the choice of taking the ball and flicking it out, uh, or just let him take the ball and get it free for hanging on. Uh, it was just pathetic. Absolutely it's, pathetic.
0: Just, it's just stupid. It, surely, as a ruckman, you should have an awareness of where you don't want to hit the ball just as much as where you do want to hit the ball. And why would you have your setup so that the place where the ball's going to go is to their best player and naturally our bloke is going to be behind him because he's trying to tag him? Like, it's just absolutely blew my mind. And that was just one example that sprung out to me um, with regards to how... Stupid! Our setup was in in the midfield, and again we got torched, absolutely pantsed out of the midfield. Um, not and at least we were playing the kids. So I can I can you know I'm happy with the fact that they were playing Schomberg and Berry and 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 those and Haitley in the in the midfield rotation. The problem was that these blokes should have been this should have been their twentieth game playing together, and unfortunately it's about their second. Because we've hung on mm. to crouch, etc., for too long, and so we're now starting from scratch. Without like, if you want to talk about rebuilds, this we are now starting from. That's about game one or two of our midfield rebound. We've wasted two freaking years not worrying about rebuilding our midfield, and here we are. Well, I wouldn't even say we've actually started. <laughs> Well, no, but at least we're playing the right play, or, you know, playing our young midfielders in their rightful positions. We wasted a year with Berry in a forward pocket. We wasted a year with Harry Schoenberg at half forward. You know, we haven't played Pedley yet. He hasn't got the wheels. You know, you got to ask, why hasn't he got the wheels?
1: You well, know, it's apparently, apparently a lack of a tank at this stage. Yeah.
0: But, mate, he played midfield all through his juniors. And, like, if if he's not got a tank, then you've basically got to put him away and say, you've got to work. It, it was a first round draft pick, Maka. Oh, yeah, I, mean, I, would, first I would round?
1: totally agree with you that, that that should be the situation. But he was never Why played in the midfield him? last year at all. And um, uh, they've certainly. But apparently, um, uh, he's had uh, minor injuries here and there. And, and he hasn't been able to build up the capacity to play on the ball um, uh, where you've got to run perhaps like 15, 16K for the day. But um, uh, i see seen the chat that day, he's likely a dub pick. I don't know that he necessarily is a dub pick because we haven't really seen him get fit and then play in the midfield. I think he'll, he'll go all right if he, if he does.
0: Look... The problem is when he plays in the twos, they don't even play him in the midfield. There was games where he played all the way up forward, and like I've no. seen him, I've seen him play a little bit of SA AFL now, and he, and he plays well in patches, but he runs out of puff. My question is yeah. why? Why is he so far behind the eight ball? And you've, there are some players, Macker, as you well know, that just don't will not ever have the capacity to have a, an engine good enough for an AFL midfield. And surely, surely to God, surely to God, we would have done all that, te- like looked at all his numbers with his testing and all the rest of it prior to the draft. And you know, as much as he's got some great attributes, if after a season and a half he's not ready to play some meaningful midfield minutes in the in the SNFL, we should not have picked him up. Well,
1: because I, totally we cannot, agree with you, because if you have a look at all the other clubs, they are playing. Uh... Guys, they picked up this year. Not
0: That's the exactly guys right. They picked up last year. That's exactly right. If a, if a lad like Joshua Shelley can can run out games from day one, if a lad like Sam Berry can run out games from day one, if Luke Peddler can't, as and I'm not having a crack at Pedler, I'm having a crack at our recruiting staff because the the simple fact is we in our recruitment over the last three or four years we've been very speculative, and when it comes. Onto uh, our needs as a club, we just couldn't afford to be speculative on the midfield. The, we had too many needs on on the midfield in the midfield to be speculative. And uh, oh. Jad, Jad in the chat, I'm not going too early on Pedler because I think he's a good player. What I'm questioning is that it's going to take him another probably season and a half. Hopefully, only a season and a half to be able to. Be a serviceable midfielder in our in our rotations, and we don't have that amount of time.
1: Yeah, well, you not know, questioning when his skill in relation to our drafting. I presume that means shit out, um, because uh, there's been, we've, we've had some terrible picks in the last uh, few years.
0: Yeah, not not questioning skill, ability, or anything like that. I'm talking about tank. Talking about tank. Yeah because um, I like him as a player. I like what I see. I, and, you know, uh, he's, he can get a bit of separation at the contest. My my point is, if if they knew that he was lacking in the tank department and I know he had to spend the first few months of on our list uh, in rehabilitation because he had an injury, I get all of that. But, and hopefully Burgess can build that tank for him. I just hope he's not one of these players that doesn't have the capacity to build that tank like many do. Not everyone can be an from, AFL midfielder.
1: Apart from Pedlin, just going back to today's game, what really, really burnt my backside, scene was the fact of the fact if they got the ball, say they got the ball right deep in our forward pocket, or in, even in our goal square, they had players streaming out of there, and our players did not make the effort to run with them. They just they'd go out there and they'd be able to clear from defence to somebody who'd be twenty to thirty metres on their own. Yet that player had started in the goal square just like uh, our players should have. Uh, I think that we were lazy. Uh, we weren't intent. Uh, intensity is a thing. We just have We didn't have the intensity. And uh, look, they they did. They did. They every ball. They made every ball uh, a point of trying to get it. Whereas we. We had some players that did, but when you've got players around you that don't, even the players that are prepared to die to get the footy can't get it because they've got the odds against them all the time.
0: 100%. Well, I think it actually... um, uh, uh, People might hate on me for saying this, but I think it actually um, showed the value of Ned McHenry at times. Not that I want Ned McHenry in the team this week, and I know he wasn't available, but I think... I think a lot of our blokes rely on Ned McHenry to do a lot of that grunt running, and uh, he Absolutely. wasn't there. And, and as a as a consequence, there were there were holes. Um, yep. I think overall our squad looks a little bit tired, um, for one reason or another. That that you know a lot of them are kids, etc. Um, you know Josh Rochelle even looked a little bit tired at times mentally as well as uh, physically. Um, Lockie Gallant looks like he needs a spell, which is what. Everyone was saying last week, um, you know, there's there's a few that look a bit knackered, and it's a, you know, it's unfortunately what we watched this week is the product of what's been happening over the last couple of years, and the fact that we are the youngest side in the competition. We don't have any of many of those, you know, twenty four to twenty six year olds. Uh, so we've got you know a couple of. Mature age players and then a bunch of kids running around, and they're just getting buffeted aside.
1: Yeah, and they look, don't look, have the. And tanks. Also, football is a lot. Of, I reckon that ninety percent of it's played between the ears, and uh, we saw that today. That when we when we started to get beaten, several players dropped their bundle thing, just dropped it.
0: Yeah, and look, <clears throat> that's going to happen, Macca. That's going to happen with a young team. Um. You know, and you saw the frustration from a, a bloke like Benny Keys who uh, works his guts out, uh, gets a couple of um, uh, umpiring decisions go against him, and you could see that he was completely frustrated. And, yes, he was frustrated by the umpiring, but I think overall he was frustrated in general. Um, you know, and as supporters, I think we're going to have to put up with this for, for a while longer because... This team will will go in fits and starts, will go in up and down cycles because they can't run out of full season at at that pace. Knicks is trying to make them uh, uh, play a very accountable style of football. Um, The game was very one-on-one until it broke broke open in the second half. We're relying on a lot of frontal pressure, um, which worked for us against Richmond and it worked for us against Western Bulldogs, but against the bigger-bodied midfield, of GWS and Carlton this week, we just get brushed aside. And uh, it's, you know, I can't wait to see us play against Melbourne, who are also another big-bodied midfield, or Geelong, who are another big-bodied midfield, will get slaughtered.
1: Well, we will.
2: Um, And there's there's nothing we can do
1: about it. Nick said we were playing the... When we won three in a row against lesser sides... Nick said we were playing the the brand of football that he liked, and this is this was the Crows' way. Yeah. Well, what happened to the Crows' way? Did just get thrown out the window today? I know well, we're no, playing I, a tough no, team. No, 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 I think I think I think you're being
0: too critical. I think you're being too me? critical. You're asking this squad to sustain a game style that they're not physically capable to sustain yet, right? And I, they could well, do it against... And critical
1: lack of effort, though. Well,
0: you know what it's like. Mental fatigue is just as bad as physical fatigue, Maka. And I just feel like the game style that he is trying to implement at the moment is um, is difficult to implement against teams that have that big-bodied, fast, bullocking midfield. And we've seen it over the last two weeks. You know, Richmond aren't the same. They're not that bullocking midfield. Western Bulldogs aren't the same. They're not that big bullocking midfield. They don't. They don't have power midfielders. You know, we we were able to, to stay uh, front onto them and make it a grind. Make it a make it a, a physical contest, like a you know an in and under contest. Uh, and unfortunately, against GWS and this week against Carlton. We were broke open, broken open too often, and they had all the run on the outside. We had nothing at the outside because we've committed everything to the contest, and yep. um, and they just run away. It's exactly the game was exactly the same as it was last week, Macker, almost a carbon copy. Even even Carlton, I think, scored two points more than GWS last week. Like, it was almost a carbon copy.
1: Well I, well, I cannot disagree with anything you've said there at all because. Um, they do you are right about, about the big body midfielder and that is the trend in the competition and when we, and I suppose your point is, and probably been proven by the statistics, is that when we play teams that haven't got a big body midfield we look okay. And then when we play them with a big body midfielder then we are we look very second rate.
0: Well, yeah, that's right. And I you know, I mean God, I'm as disappointed as anyone else about the result. Uh, of the last couple of weeks, and I'm disappointed more so because what we're seeing now is, the, is as I said before, it's the result of our lack of development through the midfield and the fact that these players, should this should be their 20th game together in the midfield as a rotation, as a group, and it's not. It's their second, you know, um, and that's for a variety of reasons. Poor recruiting, poor development weird selection, uh, hanging on to other players for too long, you know, all that sort of stuff. But this is the result of it, and it feels to me like we we are only at the beginning of our midfield development. And as you and I both know, Mac, and everyone listening knows, midfields win games of football in the AFL. That's the type of game that it is these days. And uh, we've neglected it. We've neglected it with poor recruiting, uh, with poor development, with inconsistent selection policies, um, you know, a whole range of factors, but this is the result.
1: Well, uh, yeah, and I think if you want to really go back to where the great neglect has been, you, you, you did touch on it before, it's been in our drafting, in our trading. 100%. We, we, they're We, just not there because we never got them.
0: 100%. That's exactly right. It's exactly
1: right. You know? um, I mean, mean, and then Fisher-Mackers, he turned out to be a dud. But before that, before he was drafted, I think he was a pick five or pick six Six. or whatever he was, that had to be a big-body midfielder. Had to be.
0: Well, it had to be the best available midfielder at that pick, Macker. Yep. And I know that they got spooked because of Talia and... Macasey was the best defender in the draft and highly rated and all the rest of it, but it was it was like... You know, I heard Bickley on the on the radio after the game today say that, you know, the coach is involved in list management committee and all the rest of it, and that's true from what I've been told as well. But if the coach sat down after that season and said to Hamish, look, mate, we need a key position defender as high as you can go and Hamish turned around and said, well, what about your midfield? And the coach turns around and says, "Nah, we got to cover Talia with our first round selection. Then he deserves to be bloody ridiculed because it's just, it was an absolutely stupid choice. And it wouldn't even matter, Mac, if Macasey was, was holding down a, a regular position in the ones. It would still have been a bad p- decision because right. it, no point having a gold-plated... Bloody key defender! If you're not getting the ball, you know the well, best defence is going to get no killed when that. you get when you get when you're up against seventy plus inside fifties. You know the best defenders in the world aren't going to do you any good.
1: But uh, I, I reckon we really do have to have when we had a you know when they had the whole clean out of a club and replacing all the dead wood etc. The one department that wasn't touched was the uh, well, the list management team, as they call it, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and uh, I mean this list management team. We have been we really, really needed a quality ruckman, a good tall ruckman uh, who can actually do something. And in in the SAFL, we had there was one playing there for West Torrens last year who was on ground in the grand final and. Uh Why would we not have got him onto our list? Why wouldn't we? I mean, say you would have got him? He just showed the he 's done his knee, but he showed that he really is right up to it at AFL level uh, and much much better than rob and uh, it, but it annoys me we just don't it, well the thing of it is
0: we, the thing of it is Mac, with that let 's look at that situation right so you 've got riley O 'Brien, and you 've had Kieran Strawn on the list for a couple of years. Um, And Strawn, the first time he played AFL, he looked all at sea. But the second time they gave him a go, he looked a lot better. Uh, He's been playing very well in the twos. But here's my argument. Strawn is a dead set backup ruckman. Dead set backup ruckman. So if you're not going to play him instead of break glass in an emergency, then why wouldn't you delist him and bring in another player? To see if they're any better, and that's the scenario I would have gone with. It's like Kieran, we love you, mate, but you're never going to be our number one ruckman. Uh, we need to explore other opportunities with rucks um, in case Riley goes down, and we're going yep. to bring in this young lad. That's what should have happened. If you're a professional, yep. if you're a professional sporting organisation making professional decisions about list management, with a very limited number of spots on your list. Um, then you've got to make ruthless calls. And we are not... We don't make those ruthless calls. And that's nothing no, we, against Kieran Strawn because I think Kieran Strawn should be rucking
1: ahead of Rob right now. But... I agree with that. But when also, but we just put... Instead of looking around for something like that, we put Benny Davis back on the list and he's ne- hes never going to be handy for us.
0: Well, and the the thing is, the—the the, just to finish my point, the, th- the thing is... Even if we replace Riley O'Brien with Strawn, they're both 27 years old. They're not; neither of them are young rucks. Strawn is 27, you know, so he's not the long-term answer, is he? So why wouldn't you bring in the young lad from from uh, Eagles and give him a crack? Why wouldn't you? Like it's, these; these are the these are the kind of decisions that unfortunately our club don't seem to be able to make. Properly, they don't, I don't know what it is. Whether they're in too much of a cocoon, or, or I, I don't know. I don't know, Mac. Um, it's got me a bit stuffed, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, well, um, yeah, Bigley was at raving on after the game, and he, <laughs> he really said, and he, he was certainly not not having a go at our draft pick. Uh, that we did take um this year but he said we should have moved heaven and earth to get uh down to pick four to get the uh what's it what's his name the, the lad was it Finnegan his name
0: yeah
1: yeah he said because he's a tall big bodied midfielder left foot a beautiful kick and he said exactly what we need and uh but it, I know it's easy for Bickley to say that, and maybe we did try, and maybe they wouldn't cooperate, but that is the type of player we have to get. Rashelli is a he's a great little player, and, and I think he's going to be a great player for us a long time. But that's not going to solve the problem that we've got in the middle. And that's entirely the point,
0: Maka. That's entirely the point. And if, um, if the coach is involved in list management, then he should be able to. He should be able to put his his foot down and say, "This is what we need." You know, Finn Callahan. He's had four matches. He's averaging nearly sixteen disposals. Uh, you know, nearly four marks a game. You know, he, he's going. He's going alright. He's like, started alright. He had eighteen touches against St Kilda um, a couple of weeks ago. Like, it's not a huge start to his career. But he's playing AFL football in his first year, in a in a team with a strong midfield, and he's going alright. Mm. Exactly the type of player that we need. Um, and Joshua Shelley will be a good player for us, but he's too small. He's too small for the type of player that we need right now. Anyway, yeah. let's look. Let's look at some. Uh, Let's look at some stats. Well, let's let's talk about selection real quick because I was quite happy that uh, Matty Crouch was omitted. Um, I thought um, uh, the ins were okay. The thing that the, he just following on from our um, our previous little conversation just then, the thing that I can't understand, macker is that Luke Pedler who is the bloke that we've just talked about that needs to get miles into his legs and build an engine. How many kicks do you reckon he got this weekend? Um, I
3: did
0: it. About 13. Peddler? I don't know. Peddler got zero kicks and zero handballs, didn't touch the ball. Do you know why? Because he, he was a travelling freaking emergency. <laughs> Why? Why would you make Luke Peddler the travelling emergency?
1: Um. Yeah. Okay. Do you why see what you I'm getting play? at? No logic to it? it. I mean, he was in my need to get form.
0: Do you see what I'm getting at with regards to these strange selection decisions? You
1: yeah. know, All he's right, either
0: in the it. team, oh. he's either in the team, or he's playing in the twos. We need him to get... Bloody yeah, and um, um, M Morris in the in the YouTube chat raises a very good point. Next week's an SNFL bye, so he's not oh. playing next week either. So here's a lad that we need. Here's a lad that we need to get freaking kilometres into his legs, and he won't play for two weeks.
1: Well, you know, one good point I saw there, you know. To solve that sort of problem, they no, should just take Davis with us every week as the emergency. Well you because don't... he he doesn't have a real future. But and that lets the the boys that have a future get the miles underneath their legs and show the form in the SAFL to force us to pick him
0: Yeah, well he says in the chat, you know, can't Peddler come in next week. Well he can. But where's he gonna play? He's not gonna play in the midfield. He's had a week off. He's hasn't got the he hasn't got the legs as it is. So where are you gonna play in a forward pocket? We've got NT Rabbit in the chat that wants to have a say, so I'm going to bring him in. And I also notice that Nicky's there. Hi, Nick.
3: How are you going? <laughs> hey, guys.
0: day, Nicky. Rabbit, you're on mute, mate. How are you going?
4: I'm doing pretty good. How are you, lady and gentleman, doing? N-
0: not too bad, but you might just have to speak into your microphone a little bit more. Can you he hear me better
1: now? Beautiful. We can, young, young rabbit. Yeah, go for it, mate.
4: So, just referring back to the conversation before about big body midfielders and our rock issues. Um, bear with me; this will take a minute. That's all right. So, the club, our club, has a big problem with. It's been reactive for a long time. It's never proactive. It's always chasing what everyone else has already done. And by the time yep. we get there, that's not the thing anymore. So, Riley O'Brien isn't going to be it. He's yesterday's rockman, but. The other lad, Strachan, he isn't going to be that either. No, so he is right. a better tap Ruckman, but he's much of the same thing. We can, we can solve, bearing in mind this isn't going to solve all of our many multitude of problems, but we can have a big-body midfield and a better Ruckman all-in-one player who we've already gone on our list. He's 202 centimetres, 105 yep. kilos, Stillful. and he's described as athletic enough to play on the wing. Yep. That's Riley Tilthorpe. Now, I know people have described him as better as a forward than a Ruckman, but I think him as a forward is a luxury. He needs to be a ruckman. And if you think back to the games that he played last year when he went into the ruck, having watched uh, Riley O'Brien be stodgy instead, not do much, Phil Thorpe went in there. He didn't necessarily win all the taps because he was a, a lightweight, shall we say. He's certainly not a lightweight, but a lightweight compared to some of the guys he was up against. But as soon as the ball hit the ground, he was in there and he was winning the ball on the ground, using his skill, and then using his running the burst away. This is what we should be doing. Forget about him as a forward. We should be getting ahead of the curve and he be our running rockman. I mean, it's a throwback to the Dean Cox days, perhaps, as an additional midfielder, but it's still away from where people currently are and into a new idea for the future. That's what we should be doing.
0: Well, everyone's talking about, you know, wouldn't it be great to have the next Max Gorn? Well, Riley Thilthor potentially is the next Max Gorn because he's tall enough and he's got the endurance and if he can work on his uh, competitiveness uh, in one-on-one marking contests, um, then he's absolutely that player. And I think you're right. You're absolutely right, mate. Playing him at full forward and and just sticking our number one draft pick there to get five touches because our midfield are getting torched,
4: it is a luxury,
1: 100%. Well, it's a pretty solid suggestion there, young rabbit.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's. Oh, I see his future there. I mean, he's not the same player as Gorn, so Gorn's obviously a bit bigger and he's that magic fist he's got that he can get the ball anywhere he wants to go. Mm. I don't think Phil going to be that, but I think he's a better runner and I think he's got better, better foot skills, better hand skills. I think he's going to be a better all-around player. He's like halfway between Brody Grundy and uh, Max Gorn, which could be... The next step to go, but since we're down the bottom, we should be pushing proactive. We shouldn't be just copying the teams who are at the top now because it's, it's never going to catch up.
0: Well, and your point about th- us—sorry, Nick, go on.
3: I was just going to say that I think when we saw him last year, that he actually looked a lot better when he was playing around the ruck in the midfield than what he was up forward. And weirdly enough, I actually think it will <laughs> actually protect him a bit better. Um, even though yes there are the Bash and Crash, etc. thing with with the Ruck, but I, I think just him not having to deal with the way that he was being treated by those big body defenders. It's just weirdly I actually thought he he just looked more comfortable in the ruck. So I think you're you're spot on there.
0: Yeah. Uh, your point about us being behind the curve is a good one for another reason too, Rabbit. And that is that I reckon Hamish has gone about trying to build Richmond's midfield. all yeah, these little mosquitoes. Well, we've got, mosquito got lots of fleets. little
4: tiny guys who are fast in all efforts. And that only worked because he stacked uh, Richmond stacked those guys around Dustin Martin and Trent Conchin, and we don't have either of those players. I no. do <laughs> the fact that that was five years ago, not today. Yeah.
3: Yeah. The, midf- the midfield's moved on from the Richmond midfield. It's now the Melbourne midfield. Which yeah, is big, big, how big are those runners. blokes, and they can run, and they're yeah. fast.
1: Yeah,
0: very good points, mate.
1: Well, well done, uh, Rabbit. I think you really hit one there, mate. You, you,
0: you win the. You win the uh, Sammy's voucher. You'll just have to get it off Macca, That's all.
1: <laughs> no, I am running lately. <laughs>
0: Challenge accepted. Cut all right, the Thanks, mate. You would
1: cut the to Fifty dollars. It's not worth ringing in for.
0: Jesus mate you're a cheapskate alright so yeah that's my I guess gripe about selection the rest of it kind of selected itself with the outs that we had Um, I wasn't too disappointed with the with the selection Um, but uh, yeah so let's just have a look at the head to head stats Um, 25 are down in total disposals Uh, can't really kick the ball 243-218 to handballs are exactly the same 145 each inside 50s 74 the most we have ever conceded in our history to 49 you just cannot win a game of football if you concede 74 inside 50s the end it doesn't matter how good your bloody forwards and defenders are you will never win a game of football conceding 74 inside 50s and and what disappointed me is that it didn't really seem as if Burns or the club had any plans to try and stifle any sort of flow it you know we were very frontal pressure against Richmond and the Bulldogs uh we were very one-on-one early against Carlton but when they were starting to break it open, we didn't seem to have any answer to that, um, as if they didn't predict that that might happen. So, anyway. Um, uh, contested possessions, 142 to 128. We got torched in that 14. Uh, uncontested posse's, they got more of the ball on the outside. Not to the, not to quite the same extent as GWS the previous week, but still a, a fairly heavy disparity, 243 to 232. Um Hit-outs is an interesting one. Uh, We had Riley winning the Taps 46-22, to but let's just delve into that a little bit deeper because if you have a look at uh, the hit-outs to advantage, uh, 26% of Riley's hit-outs were to advantage, so that's all around the ground, not just in centre. So he had 10 hit-outs to advantage, Out of his Mm -hmm. um, 40-odd. And we only won half of those as a consequence. So we only got the benefit of five of Riley's
1: hit-outs for the game. It just gets worse the more you mention it.
0: You know, and when you've got a young midfield like that, and as I pointed out before, where he was putting the ball was ridiculous... um, it just played into Carlton's hands. They were just running through his his hit zone time after time after time, and for Old Hately and that would they were just the wrong players to be in that hit zone. He shouldn't have been putting it there. He should have been putting it somewhere else. But I don't think he has the capability to do it because I think the way he contests the ruck, uh, he he hasn't got the ability to like his body is only pointing in the one direction, and he ha he's not a tap ruckman so. He basically palms the ball forward or or to the side, uh, depending on the angle of his body. I don't think there's any real, uh, you know, I don't often see very many proactive taps from from Riley O'Brien.
1: No, if you watch somebody like a, uh, a Marshall or somebody like that, they'll go up the the tap and not even flick it over their head to somebody because they they know where they are. That's right. right, that doesn't get into it with Rob's head. Rob's head yeah. is, I'm going to jump and hope I hit the bloody thing, and that's yeah. about all it is.
0: So, as a result, we got fairly well done over in clearances 42 to 31, uh, 14 to 11 in centre clearances, 28 to 20 in stoppage. Uh, I don't have the quarter by quarter stats this week because the game was too late, but uh, I would imagine that those numbers evened up a little bit in the last quarter um, when we got a fair share of it. In the last quarter, when Carlton took an early shower. Um, around the ground, 114 marks to 93. 11 to 6 marks inside 50, and I think at one stage we didn't have any marks inside 50 or one, and they had a lot. 12 contested marks to 5, again, it's such a massive area of concern. You know, Himmelberg uh, did not make any impact whatsoever. Um, Riley O'Brien didn't take a mark. Um, You know, uh, Billy Frampton didn't take a mark. No, No contested marks whatsoever. Um, tackles 49 to 56 which shows that we were second of the ball and at least making an effort um, and yeah the rest of it's uh, pretty much by the by so you know those head to head stats they really tell the same story as they did last week um, you know it just we were just outclassed in the midfield simple as that it, there's not much more you can say about it
1: yeah it's uh, yeah, action replay really mm.
0: That's right. Uh, if we have a look at some individual stats, and I don't want to spend too much time. I don't want to feel like we're whizzing through this, but uh, there's no need to dwell on this game, I don't think. Uh, Landy, 33 touches, 14 kicks, 19 handballs. Um, he had seven tackles, uh, eight clearances, gained 330 metres. Um, he uh, had five inside 50s, um, six score involvements, um when at 90% disposal efficiency, 12 contested, 22 uncontested possessions.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be bagging Eddie. I thought, he, I
0: thought at least he he always does give it 100%. Yeah, he gives it 100%. I thought it was one of his lesser, least effective games. I didn't think he... Um, I, don't, I don't think he was... Uh, put it this way. If you're going to leave your... You're going to leave the responsibility for the best midfielder in the opposition to your least experienced midfielder. Then you want your experienced midfielders to step up. And I thought, I actually thought Laird and Keys both had down games, not, not in effort because they'll always put in, but in terms of their effectiveness and their impact on the game. Uh, Jordy Dawson, yeah, 30 touches, look,
1: 23. But... Sorry, Matt, go on. I was just going to say, but the structure at the midfield was what the coach was asking for. I mean, it was a coach... Yeah, but it's also
0: around the, the ground.
1: And, uh yeah, you know, O'Brien, stupidly, was just hitting it that way.
0: Also around the ground, though, Mac, not just at centre-bounce.
1: Yeah, I, I still think he... Look, he, he was by a long, long, long way from being our worst player.
0: I didn't say he was. I just said it was one of his lesser effective games. Same with Keys, a lesser effective game, not as effective... He got 33 disposals and it didn't feel like a 33 disposal game from lead and neither lead or keys had any real responsibility against their um, their their key midfielders that responsibility was left to the younger players and so I feel like if you're going to do that that's fine but then you, your experienced midfielders better have a, a big influence on the game and I didn't feel like they did
1: uh, no, not too
0: many people did oh, I know, but I know what you're saying is wrong right. no one's arguing about that Maka. no one's arguing about that, but it starts in the midfield. We got crunched in the midfield, didn't we, so did. they are in the midfield, so they were down the end, like you can... like yes, other people were down too, but how many of those people were down as a consequence of our midfield playing like shit? It is a good point, thank you. Jordan Dawson, thirty touches, twenty-three and seven ten marks, three tackles, five seventy-seven meters gained. Um, he had three inside fifties, seven score involvements, seven intercepts, uh, seven contested possessions, uh, twenty uncontested possessions. Um, arguably, the best of a bad lot, I think. We've done. Arguably, the best of the best of a bad lot.
1: I don't think he, not even arguably, he was the best of a band lot.
0: Uh, Harry Schoenberg, um, or oh, sorry, Benny Keys, 29, 11, and 18. It's unusual for Benny to have more handballs than kicks. Uh, a couple of people mentioned on the chat that he looked tired. I, th- I actually think our whole team looks tired at the moment, but uh, you'd forgive Ben for being a bit tired with a with couple of months that he's put in so far this season. So, and, you know, we can't be too critical. Um, yep. six tackles, two clearances, 306 meters. Gamed, um, he had uh, three inside 50s, two center clearances, six score involvements, three intercepts, 11 contested possessions, which is also a little bit down for him. Um, so you know, again, I felt Laird and Keys probably had similar games in terms of their impact.
1: Yeah, uh, you are right that they, they didn't have the impact they normally do have. Um, and they, and I do agree, Keys look rather tired.
0: Mm. Yeah. Uh, Harry Schoenberg really worries me at the moment. 22 touches, 9 kicks, 13 handballs, uh, 3 marks, 6 tackles, 2 clearances, 265 metres gained. Um, he had uh, 2 inside 50s. He had uh, 5 square involvements, 1 intercept. Um, uh, only went at 50% disposal efficiency. That's the bit that gets me about Harry uh, he looks tentative. He looks like he's lacking confidence. He doesn't look like he's uh, got the same uh, ability to um, show initiative uh, with with his disposal. Um, I just, he doesn't even look really fit to me, Maka. What's your impression?
1: Well, I think so. I think he psychologically he's a bit affected. Last year when he came in, he he was on the rise that. He started, and he had a reasonable start, and then his next game was a little bit better, and then a little bit better. And he was last year, he was a player, he was growing in belief that he belonged there. Mm. And uh, I thought, he, if you go back and look at his last two or three games, uh, he was. We kept saying, "Well, he's he's our future in the midfield." Mm. Uh, this this year, he's uh, had a. He started off with a couple of poor ones, and I think he got dropped, and then. Uh, He's, and he's been brought back, in. I just don't think he's got the same self belief that he had last year. Mm. Um, I think he'll get it back eventually, but for young lads trying to find their way in a side that gets belted. it's it is a hard job. And I just think at the moment he hasn't got uh, the, the same belief in himself that he had last year. Hmm.
0: Yeah. I. Uh, someone in the chat saying that he might have some. Uh, External issues that he's working through, kind of maybe whether, uh, whether that's hmm. true or not. And I don't want to delve into that, but if that's the case, then that could be a reason. But I don't think you'd lose your ability to play football. Um, and at the moment, he just seems to be 20% down in all facets of his game. Um, yep. you know, his disposal efe- efficiency. Dropping has been alarming because that was one of his key strengths: his ability to put players in space and and to find, you know, to, to find the right option uh, at the right time. But God, he's not doing that at the moment. Anyway, um, Sammy Berry, twenty-one touches, nine and twelve. Um, actually, felt like he had more of it than that. Um, five marks, nine tackles, uh, one clearance, two twenty-one meters gained. Um, he had two inside fifties. Three score involvements, four intercepts, uh, only went at fifty seven percent disposal efficiency. Eight contested possessions. They're very interesting stats for Sam because I felt like he had a lot of inside ball, and I felt like he had more touches.
1: Oh, I did too, actually. Uh, the fifty percent, fifty seven percent efficiency is probably the one and negative in his game because I, I thought he played a like you. I thought he had had more of the ball. And he certainly, mm. with his presence, uh, even if he wasn't getting the ball, his presence was there and pressure, etc. So uh, I, I actually liked his game, and I thought it showed that he's definitely up on the upward curve, curve one of the few players going, on, going upward.
0: Yeah, I agree with that, Mako. I felt very much the same. I, I thought he was in our top couple um, for impact, I guess. Um, and let's face it, you know, disposals were pretty down across the board, so... Uh, uh, he, he was uh, in in my, you know, half a dozen. Uh, Luke Brown had eighteen touches, but I didn't feel he had any real impact defensively. Uh, Chase Jones, I thought, had a nice game: eleven touch, uh, eleven kicks, seven handballs, uh, three marks, snuck forward, four hundred and fourteen meters gained, which is what you want. He also had three clearances. I noticed that he uh, might have been the start of the last quarter. Um, was in and around stoppage a little bit and, and got some nice clearances as well. So whether that's a little bit of a sign, who knows.
1: Um, he had, self-belief again. Uh, f- I mean, he's a guy that's actually growing in self-belief. And uh, like you, I thought he was one of our better players. Yep,
0: five inside 50s, three score involvements, three intercepts, 77.8% uh, disposal efficiency, seven contested possessions. I thought he certainly wasn't disgraced down back Trace and showed a little bit around the ball. Um, Mitch Hinge, seventeen touches, which surprises me. The other way, I didn't think he had that much of it. Thirteen and four, uh, eight marks, uh, two fifty-nine meters gained. Um, seemed to come into it more in the in the, in the last quarter, I think.
1: Very flat, very flattering stats because I reckon about six of those uh, disposed were kickoffs and points.
0: Yeah, quite possibly. Quite possibly. Uh, today's 16, uh, disposal, 13 and three, five months. Um, thought it was an okay. I, I thought today's game was hampered by Frampton's inability to be a key position defender. Um, wow. which I hope we have now decided once and for all that he is not a key position defender because, I said to you a couple of weeks ago, Mac, that if teams start funneling their attack, attacks through Frampton's man, he will get torched, and the Giants have done it, and Carlton have done it.
1: Yeah, and yeah, a weak link. He's definitely a weak link, and we look. I, I, I think the the Frampton experiment. He had that good, one good game, but when we when we look at it back at it retrospectively, he was standing Ugle Hagen that particular game, which is a, yep. a young lad from uh for bulldogs who i don't think i don't think tried particularly hard himself, so um yeah, I just think Fram- Frampton uh was given a a gift that particular game, but uh no he's out of his depth once we play the good sides
0: well well, Burns had enough of him because he shoved him out of the defense altogether in the last quarter uh, yep. did I on uh, Kurnow and at least did I bloody competed for God's sake. Um Billy was behind it, he trailed his play. the trouble with Billy is that he plays defence like a forward, so he's always watching the ball. Yep. And um
4: And not his man.
0: And not his man and he doesn't defend. So if he if he can't make the contest he just gives up. Just plain gives up. Yeah. You know, with a with a wrestling bitch face on, on him you no know, because he's you know not got being gotten the better of again or something like that. anyway so I thought today's game was a bit hampered by by Billy actually I didn't think today was our worst um either um but Lovely. certainly his effectiveness was curtailed a little bit because he had to cover I
1: because he was trying to cover two players exactly for old
0: Duda yeah, yeah, yeah uh Walker sixteen ten and six looked dangerous when he had opportunities uh but obviously he didn't get enough opportunities um what a kick um, how many goals did he kick Walker two goals one which isn't a bad return given the, the service Frandon uh, was no. spoken about was horrific um, Will Hamill Will Hamill reasonable I thought his game was good but Jesus every time he gets hit it I feel like mm-hmm. it's almost bloody like career ending I, I feel like it's just like one hit because uh, like, he got hit in the middle of the ground and he stayed down for a minute. And then later, Cripps absolutely tossed him aside like a like a a cloud when he went through and kicked a goal in the forward lines there. And Hamill, when he, when he gets contact, he just doesn't seem to have any tenseness in his body, does he?
1: No, I'm yeah. with you. I, I, I fear for him because he's had a couple of bad concussions and, and I reckon that he's always looking like he's nearly going to get one all, all the time uh, there's a couple there today that look very close to it and uh, uh, having said that I thought that he got better as the game went on He and I thought his last quarter was reasonably good but um, yeah I think he'll, he'll be in the side again next week but I'm like you I am very concerned for him physically
0: I worry about him because he just doesn't seem to be able to brace. He just doesn't seem to have that natural instinct to brace, and so he's always he's always loose when he gets hit, and prone to whiplash and all sorts of things. Um, well, you
3: know, well, if if you're when you brace those, actually, that's when it's worse for a whiplash. Whereas if you're loose, it's actually better. For you, in terms of falling, it's actually better to be loose. So,
0: Nikki, explain that logic to me because that doesn't seem to make one piece of logical sense to me.
3: Because <laughs> the one time I got a concussion from the whiplash with here was when I had tensed up. Um, but in gymnastics, w- when we actually teach people to fall, we actually teach them to completely to relax your body um, because that. That's how you actually don't injure yourself um, yeah, very badly falling, when you that's fall. You, you actually padding. do need to be relaxed.
1: No, uh, I, look, if you get your head plastered into the ground, it won't work either way.
0: It, it, I'll just refer you back to Brody Smith when he took that mark last week, and what did him in was the fact that his head whipped back when he hit the ground, and Absolutely. as a and he's coming
3: from what height?
0: Yeah, but that's as the well. same as getting. That, hit. That's always. the... That's, that's
3: always going to be, but if if you're tense, that was actually going. If if you're tensed up, it's actually going to be even worse. It doesn't prevent injuries, but it prevents the injuries from being worse.
0: I don't think that's the case when it comes to concussion, Nikki. Because well, if no, because it, y- well, you can't.
3: It's different for different people as to how, how they get concussions. Like, like I said, I got a concussion. But I didn't get hit in the head at all. It was whiplash. Um, and that was probably one of the worst ones that I had. Um, so it's – unfortunately, there's – we still don't know enough about it.
0: Well, we know enough to of Injury
3: prevention overall.
0: Yeah, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about concussion. And we, we, we know that concussion about... is – concussion is caused by the brain rattling and rattling around in your head and
3: yeah you know, and that's different for different people
0: so jackson that's haley <laughs> well, i'm just not going to fucking argue about that because it's pointless um bring show your work next week nick i'd like to see some uh, medical stuff on that one um I'm not sure what to make of Jackson's game because I felt like he was set up to fail um, and I felt like uh, at times he did some okay stuff. Uh, 15 disposals only, 10 and 5. 3 marks, 6 tackles, 4 clearances, 3.45 metres gained. Um, He had 5 inside 50s, 3 clearances, 4 score involvements. Went at 74%, 8 contested possessions. Um, don't know. I thought he wasn't. What do you guys think?
1: Wasn't horrible. Was not horrible. Um, I thought he did a really, a reasonable really job. Um, on Crips, Crips is a monster. You can't really stop Cripps Um, uh, but you can, you can you can limit him a little bit. But um, the guy, I, I I didn't think he was uh, hopeless. Um, I would certainly play him again one more game and see how he goes. Um. I'll say this about him, he 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 gave 100%. I never saw him squid once, and I did see him chasing uh, even when he couldn't get the player, which is what a lot of play people didn't do. Um, So I I don't think at long term he's going to be the answer, but I would still give him another game just to see whether he can go one step further next time. Nick, what do you reckon?
3: Oh, he was... I mean, it wasn't helped at all by, as you said earlier, about where the, the taps were going down um, as well for Riley. He was just – and that's how good Cripps is as a midfielder. He was just reading those beautifully and it just left hateley kind of ball, ball and player watching. Um, he tried, but it was – he's just actually not – big enough or strong enough to go with him, so why were we sacrificing a midfielder when that was to me that was a losing battle?
0: What would your alternative have been?
1: Rochelle, Nikki?
3: <laughs> oh bloody better Ruckman would have been good. Um it was I mean, you, you know the issues I have with Hayley. He is not a, he's not an AFL footballer. He still spends a little bit too long ball watching, and I haven't liked him when they've tried to use him as a tagger because he seems to be in two minds. Do I watch the player? Do I watch the ball? And that gives them a chance to break from him. Um, I thought he, he had some – there were a couple of good little moments there, and he was trying – but other times I really didn't like um, when the ball came free and we had a player that was running the right way um, was trying to get to the ball and Hayley would come in and got in the way. Um, that's the, the, the frustration of the bits that I saw of the game today with that happening.
0: Um, my personal view we, we is I actually thought it was... We didn't have stress.
3: anybody down on Cripps.
0: I thought I actually thought, all things considered, it was probably Jackson's best game for us so far. Um,
1: oh, no doubt, no doubt. What was that, Matt? No doubt about that at all.
0: Yeah. And I think it's worth persevering with him. I was actually a little bit heartened to see that he ran in straight lines, um, that he didn't shirk the contest, uh, that he was trying to be creative. Um, so I was actually pleas- against a very good midfield, And he had a very, as we know, a very strong opponent to try and curtail, as well as trying to have an impact on his game, um, on the the game himself. So I wasn't, even though, you know, Cripps obviously got off the chain, uh, I wasn't disappointed with Jackson's game, and I'm interested to see how he goes if we give him more time. uh, In not necessarily a tagging role, but his as that bigger-bodied midfielder, because God knows we need someone to step up.
1: Yeah, I think we've got to give him at least another one, if not another two games, so, you know, just to uh, once and all for all decide whether he's going to be part of it or not.
0: Mm. Yep. Uh, Show uh was insignificant in this game. I don't know what to make of Lachie. Um
1: well, he's Lucky He's a lovely user of the ball, but he's not going not to always. die to get it. There's no doubt about that.
0: Not um, always, not always, Macca. He missed a few targets today.
1: No, no, no accepted. Um, but at his best, he's a good user. But um, he does... Um, at times, he was like he craps himself a little bit. So, um, yes. Uh, and at times, he... he he just he could get he could get to the contest, but it's going to be a hard one or a physical impact one. And he just takes those little shorter steps to make sure he doesn't. Mm. And that's my he he's got skill, he's got ability, but he's not tough enough.
0: Yeah, I don't think there's any room for players like that at AFL level anymore. Even even your outside runners, I mean. You've, either, you've got to be getting a lot of stats. You've got to be an Isaac Smith, basically, if you're going to be that sort of player. You've got to have that yeah. level of impact. Um, and if you're not having that level of impact, then you're no good in the team. And he only had nine kicks, so if kicking is his weapon, he only used his weapon nine times, Macker. and he went at, uh, you know, 80% disposal efficiency, which isn't too bad, obviously, but... Uh, just not enough of it. How many inside fifties did he have? Uh, only two inside fifties. So of those nine kicks, only two of them resulted in inside fifties. Um, he only had four score involvements for the game. Um, just needs to have more. Needs to get more of the ball. If that's his weapon, if that's what we want him to be, um, then he needs to get more of the ball. Simple as that.
1: Well. Being very blunt, he's a little bit of an Atkins, and um, in the sense yes. that Atkins wouldn't get the hard ball, but he was good when he had it in his hand. Correct, uh, and so I think Shaw fits into that category.
0: Yes, he's only twenty-one for eyes, Billy, but uh, I there aren't too many players that start off being a little bit tentative that end up being monsters, or at least you know adequate in that regard, Geordie Butts interested in your perspective on him, Uh, his disposals don't really matter although he took six marks Um, he had uh, uh, three score involvements, five intercepts went at 92% I'll let you guys say what you think first
1: Well, I think he ought to change his name to Jesus Christ because he was crucified about three times in the first quarter, (laughs) was he
0: ever was he ever, my
1: god I mean, seriously, uh, I, he played a very good game, I thought, but uh, to get, I got three goals given against him that weren't there. And, I, and, I, and you take those three goals out, I thought overall I, he played a pretty good game. Nick?
3: Oh, he was well and truly up against it with the way the, the delivery was coming in. Um I I reckon one or two of them was slightly there, Maka, so technically those calls were correct, but we yeah, normally see those type of calls let go because they're quite minor and there was no kind of impact in a way. Um, what was that?
1: Did we get any of those, Nikki? No. no. <laughs> oh,
3: like God, that. did we not. Um, they, They've been crucifying us since the Richmond game. But, and and then they only start to pay us free kicks in the last quarter when the game is well and truly done and dusted. We see you. Um, I thought he was he was trying hard. I did find it quite interesting though because you could see when he was talking back to the umpire, like, "How the hell are you paint this kind of thing?" They they didn't do him for descent, whereas other players have been done for that. Very surprised. Um,
0: Very surprised. They were yeah. soft on descent in this game.
3: Oh. Well, well well and truly um i i think he would probably feel that he could have done better but i thought considering the way the ball was coming in and everything else i thought he was doing the best that he possibly could um in in spite of all of that
1: yeah i thought he was the best of the defenders like in the like the tall defenders
0: i had him in my top yeah. 3 I had him in my top three because um, they uh, didn't get a lot out of um, McKay. McKay scored uh, four or five goals from free kicks, um, yeah. yeah. And I, th- I felt like Geordie did well. Uh, did what he did what he could. Uh, you know, when the floodgates were open and all the rest of it. Um, uh and really it was a good matchup for McKay. McKay's a big strong fella. Uh and Geordie was given away a few a few centimetres. Um and uh you know, I don't think um let me just have a look. No whether McKay actually got credited for a mark. Let's have a look, Harry McKay. Where are you, Harry McKay? Um No, Harry McKay didn't take a mark, and I, that probably uh, probably reflects how I feel about him. Actually, uh, I thought Butts was probably Butts was probably my second best player
1: behind Dawson. To be honest, yeah, I've got him in my I've got him on five, but that's a little bit higher You have it, yeah, I know. But we we always disagree. <laughs> oh, that, that's the beauty of it, Pete.
0: That's, that's exactly right. That's why we have, and then there's Nicky. Who includes.
1: God help. Random,
0: random, <laughs> random people.
3: Can, can I be excused for today just because of what went no. on? We're
0: trying no, to no but you but didn't can't really be. you can't see
3: too much you, of it. No,
0: no you you you're
1: first today. You're going first today. <laughs> you
0: bastards. Um, yeah. Look, of the rest, I thought Rochelle was quiet, um, particularly in the second half. He looked uh, a bit out of sorts, to be honest with you. Uh, Shane McAdam did okay, I thought. Took a nice hang that should have been a free kick paid against him because he put his hands fair square in the shoulders of the other bloke. No,
1: no, no, no you're not allowed no, to do that.
0: Do you're that not allowed you to
1: do that. No, you're not
0: allowed to do that. It's pushing the back. You're not allowed to do.
3: No, it. no, it's not anymore.
1: Yeah, some of the little funny bylaws. Uh, are, are you serious?
3: It's it's serious. a push in the back if you don't take the mark, but yep. if you take the mark, it's fine.
0: Yep. Christ, all right, good mark, Shane. Uh, Lucky gland.
1: It, it, it does a logic thing, but it's of course correct.
0: it does. Of course it does. It's ridiculous. You can't push you. You can't push a bloke in the back in any other manner in a marking contest. But if you're taking no. a hanger, if you if you're trying to climb up his shoulders, then it's all right.
1: Yeah, yeah you don't put your hands on his shoulders and use them as a lever.
0: Unbelievable. Uh, lucky Glant looked tired. Uh, it looks to me like he's starting to run under the ball a little bit, which shows me that he's maybe just lacking a little bit in confidence um, in marking contests. Uh, Elliot Himmelberg um, looked better when he was in rut, to be honest with you. Um, uh, I think he got a rocket after half time because he started making a few more contests after half time. But um, how many marks did he get? half
1: was just traceable.
0: Well, we only took two marks for the game. Neither of them were contested. Um, oh, I mean, we all... I didn't get back on the Berg train, and we, you know, we all were questioning how sustainable his last few weeks were up until last week. Um, I've never been on it. If... Yeah. I, uh, Lockie Murphy, I'm really worried about Lockie Murphy. Um... That neck seems to be very, very vulnerable. Um, but he did a very
1: nice things before that, though thing.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, he's good around stoppage. Very good around
1: stoppage.
0: Yep. Um, but I worry hey. about his neck injury. I just wonder whether he needs to have a prolonged rest to really get that right. Uh, Braden Cook looked completely out of his depth, um, but when he got when the ball sort of came his way, he did a couple of nice things. Um, people have got to remember with Braden Cook that he is a mile off. Like for him to be playing AFL no, football this year is a massive achievement, considering from how far back he's come.
1: Yeah, actually, um, I don't mind him playing it, and, and I know I See in the chat, they say he should be back Go back to the tooth. I think they're playing him knowing that he'll get beaten, but he has got so much talent, that boy, and in every game he has a little bit more experience. He's just going to get better and better and better. I, I will forecast he, he's going to be an absolute gun. In, in, in He'll be a very good player next year, and he'll be a gun the year after that.
3: I find it really interesting with him because he's kind of quiet at the start, and the start but he really comes into it in the last quarter. Which I think is um, a massive testament uh, to him, because as you guys say, he's still very much a, a kid uh, in terms of uh, games played, even at SANFL level, let alone AFL level. he's well, so it
0: never it never, it never played an SANFL game before he got drafted.
3: No. <laughs> he's pretty much just come no, straight well. to him and and i think the fact that he stays in games that even though yeah he's getting beaten and we know he's possibly going to get beaten he won't drop his head
1: no, no.
3: and that i love that and i think that's why you've got to keep him in the side whilst oh he can still um he's i
0: think he's the not only danger, tired. the only danger of not of keeping him in the side and him not getting much of the ball is that uh, he, his form drops off, so I'll be a little bit careful. Yep. We've got to remember with him that he's coming from a long way back. Um, he is. You know, he, only, is. he played a season of under 18s uh, in his draft year, um, and you know, he, he still got a bit of conditioning, but his, his natural footballing skills are evident—quite evident. Quite evident. Um, so, certainly, I agree with you, Mac. Certainly, an exciting prospect. I think we need yeah. to be and, careful and just, with him.
3: Anytime he actually does one of those nice little smooth skill things that he does, like that take in the last quarter in his goal, that forward handball to him and he just put that one hand out and just absolutely plucked it. And how many other times have we seen like, players just absolutely fumble that ball and then he chopped it off with a beautiful goal on the end? You can just see that commentators just know and they always talk him up.
0: Yeah, uh, You can just see his natural ability um, and um, you know I've said before that uh, um, I had a bit of a connection to the South Adelaide Footy Club in that draft year and, and uh, he was always the one that they said you know apart from Horn Francis was just a guy but you know again if you have a look at our, the like, here's an interesting thing to think about we've got um, uh, Peddler in the twos we've got uh, um, who's the other kid that's in the twos uh, Thilthorpe in the twos and yet we've got Braden Cook in the ones we've got you know uh, Harry Schoenberg in the ones that we've, we seem to have more um, luck with later picks when it comes to these high end talents sometimes uh, Riley O'Brien we've talked about um, Woeful needs to be dropped needs to have a good long hard look at himself it's far too, his opinion of himself is not seated in reality. Um, he needs to go and objectively look at his tapes because he got towed up by a midfielder in the ruck and got embarrassed yeah. by, by Silvani in the ruck. It costs oh. goals. Um, his tap work is atrocious. Um, he's selfish with his work in, in the middle because he tacks to where it's convenient to tap instead of where he needs to tap it um, and I, I, I just think he's full of himself Raleigh O'Brien and he needs to go back and have a good long hard look at himself and you talk about deficiencies in list management whoever gave him a five year con- contract needs to be taken out the back of the Crows sheds and flogged because it was the most ridiculous thing ever
1: yeah vigorously too
0: vigorously Yeah. <laughs> thanks Mac
1: <laughs> I mean a five year contract, FFS. If, if, if. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um anyway. So, you know, that's that's it for the uh for the um uh individual stats. Overall a very, very disappointing um very disappointing game. I thought I actually thought we might bounce back, you know? Um, I thought we might be a bit stung by our performance against uh, against GWS and I thought we might we might bounce back and, and put in an effort. But I actually don't think at the moment we've got the effort in us. And we've got uh, who we got next week? We've got bloody Brisbane. Brisbane. Another flogging. Then I think we've got Geelong at um, Alphabet Stadium. So that's another Pardon me flogging. So these boys are these boys aren't really any farther ahead of themselves than what they were last What's year it? when you look at it.
3: It is going to be interesting because Brisbane don't have a tall forward line anymore. So what are you going to do with a back line?
1: Well, we'll just pick them and get, so they can get beaten. Well, maybe probably it's a good can. opportunity
0: to drop Frampton and give uh, Warren yeah. a go because he's probably better suited size-wise. Yeah, now that he stays is
3: because he can play on smalls.
0: inquisitor reckons they're getting hit with back. Um, this week, or well, I'm just going by what's in the chat. So I, I still right. think Worrell needs to come in. I think he needs to be rewarded. I don't know how he played on the weekend, but he's had a good run of form. And uh, Frampton has shown his limitations. Uh, Very so, much so you know, why give Frampton another game where he can just you know rack up disposals and look like a millionaire um, because he's got no opponent? Uh, let's give Worrell that opportunity.
1: Yeah. Also, Galant, Galant, I think, needs a rest too.
0: Thing. Yeah, I was, I was, resi- I was resistant towards that idea last week, but I think you're right. Uh, the people that have been saying that, um, I think uh, he does look a bit tired. We've got a couple of people in the chat that would like to have something to say. So, more dot sir, welcome aboard. Come in. How are you, Hello. sir?
5: Uh, can you hear me, Finny?
0: Can do. How are you going?
5: One
0: second, hold on. Tell us all about it, mate. Well, I think he might be having some... Uh, I'll put you back can into you, the... Pa-
5: can you come here now? Can you hear me?
0: Yeah, got you. Have you got us? Okay,
5: yeah. So, does anyone have Riley O'Brien's home address? <laughs>
1: <Which> <laughs> not not, someone no. can barricade <laughs> his
5: door before he leaves for the game?
1: <laughs> 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 I think you got to thing going around and build him up. Sorry,
5: mate. Uh, I, I don't understand why he or you, do, do you, and is, is anyone, any of you, notice this? Whenever he's in the like center square, he always line he always like lines up on a ninety degree angle. Mm. Like he, he he's never like facing his opponent. He's always on like a ninety degree angle, and then they, these opposition ruck can easily tap it forward towards their goal. Like, I don't know why he he, he does that. What because doesn't because he doesn't, like, have being jumped, he because he doesn't like being jumped
1: into. Well, I wouldn't really know what Rob's thinking at any time that he's racking, seriously. Uh, they could, it's not obvious.
5: Okay, well, uh, I don't know. Like, I feel like, you know, we're, we're so, like, devoid of talent right now. They just need to give, uh, like, over these next few weeks, because we're going to get thumped anyway, like, realistically, playing Brisbane, Geelong, right? So they need to give, like, the younger kids in the SNFL a go and the ones. They need to find out who is going to take this club forward. Like, there's so many, there's so many like uh, players that they could give a run to. It's like Worrell, Arnell. Like we need to give these kids a go. Like I, I don't care if we get bumped. Stop trying to get wins on the board. Try and find our next proper players that are going to take this club forward.
0: In your opinion, mate, have we got all the players on our list at the moment that are going to take this club forward, or are we a few drafts away yet?
5: Oh, we're we're four or five years away man there's our midfield is just our midfield is diabolical like it, it, uh, I, I have no words for the drafting in, in terms of midfielders the, the past decade uh our last our last midfielder pick, best pick was uh, Dangerfield, right and what else have we got after it not not much else we've got okay. uh, we've got a uh, we've got a uh, reject from Brisbane as our best mid. And, you know, you can't rely on keys to be running out games like he has last month, every week. But the guy's tired. You know, the, he can't carry every game. So, and I mean, I, I, heard, I heard some people saying that Laird had a decent game. I, I barely noticed Laird. So am with you on that. Uh, one? He, was at, he was invisible to me today. So, you know, if he, even if he got 30 touches, how many of those 30 touches were effective? Uh, not many, I'd say. I agree with I'd you still, on that one. I'd still give you need to give like Fogarty. I reckon you need to give Fogarty another go. Uh, Himmelberg has been, you know, not hasn't made any impact in three weeks. Uh, yeah, I, I really don't know. We're missing Phil Fork, definitely. We we haven't we haven't got a second marking tool forward.
1: Well, everything you said is true, but. Uh... Who are the players that are going to uh, be the solution then, uh, mate? Uh, I, I can We haven't got too many there that are going to make uh, at the moment. What you said before is correct. It's going to be several drafts uh, away before we actually get there.
5: Correct. So it's it's hard, guys. Like like there's, we just don't have enough talent. Like I was listening to Five Double after the game, and Bix said it so perfectly. We just don't have the talent. Like, it's not the coaching. Like, one of the callers called in and said, uh, is it the coaching? Is it we don't have the players? And Vic said, we just don't have the players. But it's, we, you know, they, they haven't picked the right players. That's what Vic said. Yeah, yeah,
0: if, if, that's right, badly, yeah. if that's right, um, and I, I I think there is probably 70% recruitment and 30% development, because I think we've got some shortcomings in the way we're bringing these kids on, but... Seventy percent on recruitment. Then surely it's time we turn that department over. Surely oh, yeah. we need a fresh someone, set of someone eyes also on
5: that. Bix, Someone also asked Bix whether we should get a new, you know, recruitment manager, right? And he said he didn't want to make judgment on that. Well, obviously he doesn't want to because he's affiliated with the Crows. But um, he said, you know, when you look at the past draft picks, right? They, it, it just prove it's just. You just look at what's happened, right? All those players that Hamish has picked or, or Hubba's picked are not doing much in in games right now. So, yeah. this is basically summed it up. It's, they're no good.
1: Yeah, look, he, the very fact he what Vic you, said what you'd said, because I heard him say exactly what you said, he, he didn't want to pass judgment on it. If he thought we'd done well, he would have said that. The very fact that he made that comment says he... He thinks we've he uh, drafted shit out, but he doesn't exactly. want to say that.
5: Yeah. Yeah, no, because he's affiliated with the Crow, So of yeah. course he's not gonna say that. But um I don't know, guys, like it's really it's so disheartening, like, you know, we play three good games in a row and then we get dished up these two games in a row, you know? It's just uh very it's it's really hard to to watch this team, but that's what happens in a rebuild, I guess, right?
1: Yeah. I used to be a very passionate supporter when I used to go there physically and lots of yelling and screaming and all the rest of it. But I, uh, these days I, I don't have a, a seat and uh, I watch it from home and I've learnt to be more placid so I don't scare all the neighbours with my screaming and yelling. But I must admit today I think I reckon they would have heard me about three blocks away I was, I was getting that bloody angry. And seriously, And
5: well, yeah.
1: it was garbage. We're watching garbage.
5: 5% of my anger was directed towards Riley O'Brien. I, I, that is the biggest pop-up of a contract, of a four-year contract I've ever seen. Right, the, oh, guy, the guy won the yellow jacket in a year. We won the wooden spoon, right? And, and they gave him a four-year contract, and he can't football. The guy can't, ham, he can't handle. He can't kick. He can't tap to advantage. He, 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 he's, he's, he lumbers around the ground. I don't understand that decision. It, is, it blows my mind. How can you have a player in a team that can't actually kick or handball the football? I don't know any any other ruck in the AFL that can't kick or handball. Well,
1: can someone to, name
5: one for me? Because yeah, it's
1: ridiculous. Compare him to Marshalls of St Kilda. It's a beautiful mark and a beautiful kick. I
0: don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, anyway, it's ridiculous I, I, I feel like you're about to have an aneurysm. So, uh, <laughs> <I've>, <laughs> I, uh, well, I. Look, I don't disagree with anything you got to say, mate, and I appreciate your passion. I appreciate you coming on. So, uh, go and have a little lie down, um, and uh, we'll back up again next week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, I'm,
5: getting, I'm getting my anger out of the show. Yeah, There's no, good. Company talk to him about it you know my wife hates
0: football and stuff so i'm getting oh a you poor guy.
1: bugger yeah i, well, I get I will, it we'll say this i reckon you were spot on the money mate so well done
0: yeah good stuff thanks mate mick come on board mate
1: give us more wisdom how Oh you mick going? he's has uh, got some good stuff to say come on mick how
2: are you going today
1: good mate well we're we, well, we had a very happy day today watching the game and we were delighted with the team, Nick.
2: Uh I I was lucky, I eh? went so went to watch it half time and then had to go to work. So uh, I, I missed the last half, which is the third quarter, which is probably a good thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. lucky bastard. <laughs> but,
2: but just um just going on uh what's being said about them the the game and that and um you know Nicky's comments about um Hateley. Just got a question for Nicky. Would you rather hately? playing on Crips or Matt Crouch? Spot on. (laughs) Because I think uh, I'm a lot more happy with uh, Hately's game than Matt Crouch would have done. Spot on. uh, Good point. point. That's a no-brainer. Hately's only played about 10 games. So um, how about we give him another 10 and see how he goes when he's not following around after one of the biggest midfielders in the league. And with, um, I won't uh, swear on the cast about the uh, O'Brien. Well, no. No, th- but that
3: was, but that was my point, Mick. Is that I, I think that was wrong to make him just purely try and be a tagger. Well, it was, had, it was, a, it was a, lo- have- no. It was no. Can I finish, please? It was a loss oh. from the start.
2: No, not you already had your say, but,
3: but also for Jackson. You
2: already had your say. But same. who else do we have with that size? Who else do we have that he's just not going to throw away like an insect? We unless, we, unless Unless we, we sacrifice our number one midfielder in, in, in Ben Keys. Who else do we have of size? So I think it was a catch of, case of Catch-22 we had to put on who we had. And that comes back down to, to the recruiting of the club. Like, the recruiting of the club's been, I agree, like that Fisher McCasey's pick was just, yeah... Just a total waste you, of, a, of a pick six. You just shake your head, um, don't you? And I, I, you know, you know, without flogging the dead horse, being Matt Crouch, I think, um, you know, how many games has uh, I'll get his name in a minute. At least keep in mind. Um, you know, mid, young mid played the, played the day, and he you know, got his first real run on that crack at it.
1: oh uh, Barry, Barry.
2: Yeah, thank you um he i he actually had a good game in in from what I can see
1: Yep, I liked it I liked it.
2: I think we you know we have we have got young talent coming through, yes, not as high a picks in the mids as what we would have liked to have seen i think um you've only got to see where we are on the ladder in the SANFL. we can't be totally countless um and yeah i think one or two picks this year at the end of this year this year's coming draft have to be mids um yes a large big body mid and uh someone with speed which would be handy but i don't think other than that we we have got some coming through my biggest worry at the moment is what the hell are we doing with our forward line they are tall like yeah, I think Gallant needs a rest. And, and then, you know, I think he's got a future. I don't think Himmelberg's got a hope. Um, and I don't think that um Bill Thorpe is a, is a forward. He should be, you know, as people have said tonight, you know, ruck. Um, so who the hell is going to be our third mid?
1: Third well, I, ball? Think, I think Tex has to play until he's 42.
2: Yeah, I think we better start cloning him or something.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, I thought we did. And his name um, was Darcy can't... Fogarty. Unfortunately, yeah, well, that that, didn't that experiment out. didn't work out, did it?
2: No, I just don't know where what, what's going to happen to our forward line. Um, you know, we've got Gallant, but who else?
0: See, the thing about the forward line, Mick, is that you can you can, can you can structure up your forward line a few different ways and be successful. You know, the traditional two tools and a couple of mid size and a couple of smalls is, is one way. But there are other ways you can do it too. And whereas I think with midfields. But you've got to have days,
2: the midfield a blade to, to it.
0: Yeah, well, I mean with midfields I think really, um, you've got less options. You've got to, there are certain components that you need to have, you know. Uh, and I'm not sure whether we have those components. we've probably got bits and pieces of it. Um, but it's a bit hard to tell if we've got all the components yet because they're not getting played.
2: Yeah. Well, this is the first first game really where you can say that um, we're playing our future midfield because yeah. you know, Ben Keys has still got years to go, like he's only 25. Yeah. So he's got years to go, like he's got at least, you know, five, six years to go, which hopefully we're not down the bottom still in five or six years. Um, Learney's got another, you know, four or five years, good years in the mids. Um, so like we haven't got it. We didn't actually play for once any dead wood in the mid, which was good to see.
0: Mm. Yeah. Even just, though we
2: didn't, we didn't, we didn't have the experience, um, in there for sure. And, um, you know, we need, we still need more talent. I'm not saying we don't, but at least we didn't play a, a list clogger.
0: Well, that's right. It- I'd, I'd rather... And that's why I was a little bit more um, tolerant of today because at least we had a better configuration in there. My, my issue was that, that that configuration should have been in there for the last 15 games. Um, yeah, instead, we've, instead, we've wasted games by keeping Crouchy and Sloane in there. And, and, you know, as a consequence, Haightley is only just getting a crack. Berry's only just getting a crack. Schoenberg's only just getting a crack. Um, you know, whereas they should have been in there um, as you know at, at least fifty percent of the time for the last fifteen twenty games. So that's why we're seeing the results in the midfield now instead of a year ago. And I think it set our rebuild back two years because we haven't that midfield well, properly
2: at least a year. Yeah. Um, and can we can we can, can we please bring Murray back in? And then anybody who ever whinges about Murray again, just give him a slap. No, and, I, I, I'm with you. Because one thing I like.
1: do like about Murray is uh, he raw, raw as hell. But Jesus, he, he gives hundred 100%. 100%. percent. Oh, yeah. played like shit. Hundred
2: percent, and he, he can defend, which is um, a novel concept for a uh, tall
0: defender. Well, do you remember? Remember, macca and I had this conversation a few weeks ago, Macca and yes. I, what your your words now shock me, Mister um, macker because I asked you directly, I think about 300 times, would you rather have a bloke who can defend versus a, versus a guy who can distribute? And you wouldn't answer me. And now you're all over Murray like a bloody, like a, I can't say because it's a family show. So. Well, you
1: know well I didn't want to ask you because I, I wasn't sure which is going to be the best. So I thought I'd just play it out and oh, see. Oh, bullshit. I,
2: mean, I, think, I, I think Mac is still pulling the swimmers out of his bum from the sitting on the fence
0: over that one for this day. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: right. <laughs> the whole picket and, got lost. I, 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 should like you. I should like you, Mick. You've gone, you've gone strange lately.
0: <laughs> uh, Mick's really grown on me now too.
1: Mick, you never say Phoenix is right. He knows he's right all the time, (laughs) mate.
2: I have noticed that over the five years of listening.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Okay.
2: I'll let this go. I've got to get back to work. Very good. Thanks, mate. Yeah. All
0: right. Uh, In the absence of anyone else that uh, wants to come up, uh, you two scrubbers, I need your votes. Well,
1: Nicky's first.
3: You
0: bastards. So Nikki, it'll be Riley O'Brien, five votes. Um Billy Franklin. Oh, we're oh, we doing, we
3: doing worst on ground. Okay.
0: No, no, no. I'm just I've, looking I've at last got the best. I'm just looking at last year's votes here and seeing, you know, what you what your history is. Not good. Anyway. Oi. Come on.
3: So five votes. Dawson.
0: Dawson for
3: five. Jones.
0: Jones for four. Butts. Butts for three.
3: Uh, Duda. And then Barry.
0: Gee whiz. Um, Maca.
1: Well, my rates are based on two uh, premises, Fain. My first yeah. three rates are based on people who have actually won their positions.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and that's, uh, I'm giving five to Dawson. Mm-hmm. Uh, four to Walker. Uh, three to Jones. Yes. And and then I thought Butts tried his ass off and I'm not counting those goals against Butts, him because Butts they tried went, his uh, ass off. That's very good, Maca. Butts, Butts tried his ass off. you right.
0: sticking with Butts tried his ass off?
1: Yeah he did. <laughs> 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 he did actually. Both of both of them. Um, and um, and one for Berry
0: Very good. Alright, I've got Geordie with five. I've got the other Geordie with four. I've got Berry with three. I've got Jones with two. And I've got um, text for
1: one. So, uh, what, what is your order, you?
0: Uh Dawson, Butts, Berry, Jones, Walker.
1: You got the same 5 just shuffled around a bit.
0: That's correct. I think we've all got the same five, except for Nikki, who's got Duda in there oh, for one instead of yeah.
3: Instead I had, I had Duda in instead of Walker. Walker he was just yeah. kind of on the outside. That's uh, probably I, fair. I call. thought there was there, there was a bit there was a bit more down back going on than up. Yeah.
0: forward. So I'll count those up, and we'll uh, update that those numbers uh, in the chat on Tuesday night. Um, so rounding off. Uh, there's a bit of work to do down at Adelaide, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what spin and what response comes from Nick's in the coaching box over the next few days. Media wise, um, uh, I think we've been brought crashing down to earth after we were the competition's darlings for a couple of weeks there with some nice wins. Um, I think it's. I think. I think this season is going to be very much about the matchups And I think when we match up against these big-bodied midfields, um, we're going to struggle. I think we do better against uh, smaller but pacier teams. Uh, I think we can handle that a little bit better because we seem to be able to stay in the contest a little bit longer. Um, so the next couple of weeks is going to be very difficult. We've got Brisbane, who are big and strong around the midfield. We've got uh, Geelong, who are obviously the same. Um, so, another couple of weeks of pain at least uh, before we might uh, get a bit of a respite against West Coast. Although, West Coast will probably find a magical vaccine for COVID and stupidity over the next couple of weeks, and they'll come out with a full squad against us and kick our asses. So.
1: Probably. No, no, at, at the moment, we've, we've gone from Cinderella to the ugly sister feed. Yeah, we certainly have. All right.
0: Let's call it a night. Thanks to everyone who has joined us on uh, YouTube and on uh, Discord. Hey! Uh, what?
3: Cockwumble.
0: No, you don't get a cockwumble tonight. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, you rocked up late and it's already two hours, so I haven't got time. And your cockwumbling lately has been uh, less than adequate.
3: i got some good ones. Like oh, come on, then, bloody hell. Well, you, you you mentioned one of them just then, I think the West Coast players who, who took themselves out uh, to the nightclub. Mm-hmm. But then also there were the Richmond players that also did the same thing. But I, I, I'm also a bit wondering about the interchange Stuart, down at Port Adelaide, um, for their game on Friday night, where the player chasing the ball goes like hell for leather, chasing the ball ends up actually in the dugout. But somehow they seem to think that even though he didn't come in through the interchange gates, they can let another player go back on. So the player then who had chased the ball out goes back on again. So they've got too many players on the field.
1: They They're very. They paid meter for that.
3: Uh, they they did, and they're very lucky they they didn't lose a goal out of it. Whoops!
1: Yeah, I thought you could, well, i just think you. Uh, Brian Russell, he's he, he's good for a cock one more when oh. he does. A, when he does a crow's game, I'll tell you what
0: he's got all our games. It drives me batshit crazy.
3: I know, so frustrating.
1: Outright barracking against us all the time.
0: Oh, it just becomes... It's, like, I actually find him terribly annoying, and the fact that he's got all our games really frustrates the hell out of me. Yeah. I'll I tell you what else. Something that really disappointed me, even though um, today uh, the Crows and Carton were playing for the Eddie Betts Cup, and, you know, uh, Eddie's on the sidelines and and all that, was it just me, or did you guys get the op- opinion at the end of the day he is very much a Carlton man, and we really messed up a bit of a legacy by the way that all ended?
1: Yeah, great. Right.
0: Well, I found that a real shame. I, it, there wasn't a lot of love for the Crows. There's a big no. affinity, a, a, a affinity for for Carlton. Um, he's given us so many great memories. In fact, his best football. Was probably played at Adelaide. Um,
1: Not probably. It was. It was a play. Yeah. It was played in Adelaide.
3: Yeah. Um, no,
0: I, I just found we, it really. We st- had
3: we had the earlier stuff on, and he was talking a bit there. And of course, and I think if you only kind of watched it from the actual game, then you probably had that impression because the other commentators and everything else, and the the way they put the package together, they were all talking more about Carlton and they're focused on Carlton, but. Eddie, at the start, he was the one who actually would reference more of Adelaide. Um, he thanked the club and the friendship and the other things that he had there. And then he also, um, when they talked to him about, you know, which of his goals, and his favourite goal was actually um, the one of the goals of the years that he won with us, and he talked about it because it was, like, his family members who designed that Guernsey and his kids were there for that game and, and everything else. So... He's yeah, none, the one, he actually none, none, talks up the crows none, none. more I, than I, I, no, I other all, people who so talk you, up Carlton.
0: you made an assumption because I did see all of that, Nicky. Oh, you did see that? Okay. Yeah, and he was talking about events that occurred while he was in Adelaide and things that, that happened during his stay at Adelaide, but I didn't hear the same genuine love for the place that I, that I heard from him with Carlton. And I feel like... Um, you know, he's obviously got some very fond memories of Adelaide. Um, yeah. But but there's no doubt that it ended acrimoniously. There's no doubt there's not a great connection um, anymore between the club and Eddie. Um, he's very much a Carlton man, and that's fine. But I I just find it sad. I think when he came over and things started to really work out for him, we all thought that he would end his career... Um, at Adelaide, as being one of our like, we haven't had a star that big since Tony Modra. Let's be honest, and no. our club has our club has a habit of doing this. We did the same with Mods. You know, bloody flicked him over to bloody Frio. You know, oh. one of our yeah. one of our favourite sons. And I don't know. It just it makes me sad. I'm a bit nostalgic and maybe a bit old school. And I understand it's a professional sport these days and all the rest of it. But well, I just think um, the bloke was such an intrinsic part of our fabric for a period of time uh, that could have included quite easily a, a premiership. Um, the way it's all finished up just leaves a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth. Just the same as I can understand why Erin's gone to port, but that leaves a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth too. You know what I mean?
1: Mm. Yeah, anyway. it does. But with Erin, it's probably a little bit more understandable with her dad. No, no, no. know.
0: I, I, it's all understandable. Like, I know why Eddie left I know why Aaron left but it's the no, no, the, the 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 um what's the word the uh, anyway uh, I don't know i it would have been nice uh, but it just stood out to me today with Eddie I thought oh, I thought, you know it's a bit a bit of a shame anyway, yeah I, no,
3: I completely agree with you on that but I just think he's there there's a hint of class about him where others tend to seem to focus more on the Carlton that he will actually mention. Adelaide, which I kind of respected um, that he would do so and, like, honour a a bit of that part of his career, but you you are spot on. There is more love from him personally for Carlton and the way that he ended with us, I think, yeah, there's definitely some pain there and there will be for, for quite a while and I think a few people need to take a very a, a good hard look at themselves for causing that to happen.
0: Well it'll always be the Eddie Betts pocket, won't it? That outer scoreboard pocket will always be the Eddie Betts pocket, oh, yeah. even though he pretty much owned all of them. That was that was the one. Um that was the original Eddie Bet's pocket. And uh it'll always be that and I, I feel like Adelaide supporters have a great love and, and affinity for, for Eddie and uh I'm sure Eddie has that same opinion about our supporters. Uh, it's just a. Mm. It's just a shame that he doesn't have that same um, level of um, nostalgia and love for the club. Anyway, we, we won't dwell on it. I just, it just, it just stuck out to me today. It was a bit of a shame. All righty. Well. Uh As I mentioned, thanks everyone on YouTube and Discord for joining us tonight Uh, and thanks for those people who participated in the chat. Always very much appreciated. Uh, If you want to support the Crowcast, of course, you can go to patreon.com forward slash AFL Crowcast. All our supporters are greatly appreciated, of course, and Pete and I will be back on Tuesday night for Tuesday Night Live at 8.30 as usual. In the meantime, Nikki, thanks for joining us. (laughs) You're welcome. Macca, uh much obliged, sir. We'll see you both no, next I'll week. Not. Enjoy is enjoyable. Alrighty. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you on Tuesday night. Good night. Yeah, good night,
1: all.
3: Night.